We're deeply honored and delighted to have a very special guest for us today in sharing the pulpit at National City Christian Church. The Reverend Lori Tapia is the national Hispanic pastor of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. And it is a thrill to have Reverend Tapia with us preaching in this service of worship. Pastor is not only the national Hispanic pastor, but she's a co-founder of the Wings of Salvation, a bilingual church in Candler, Arizona. A graduate of the School of Theology at Claremont, Reverend Tapia has more than 25 years of experience in the administration of community programs, family and social services in the areas of nonprofit and educational organizations. Born on the border of Arizona and Mexico, Reverend Tapia is proud of her Mexican-American heritage and culture and has worked binationally to create healthy borders and develop programs to improve the quality of life in health, youth, and families. She brings a holistic approach around the whole family and individual and works extensively with the Latino community and in areas of justice and social action, such as immigration, human trafficking, and interreligious dialogue. We're honored that she is here today, uh, not only for our services of worship this morning, but here to be a part of CJ's ordination into Christian ministry this afternoon. And we're as equally as honored that she is in the midst of a lot of trips, uh, has been away from home for a number of weeks, and will remain away from home for a number of weeks, but has found uh, the time and energy to be with us at National City Christian Church on this day. So congregation, I'd like you to offer a warm welcome to our sister in the faith, the Reverend Lori Tapia. Buenos dias y Dios les bendiga mis hermanos y mis hermanas. Good morning and God bless you, my brothers and sisters. And I bring greetings on behalf of the Central Pastoral Office for Hispanic Ministries and on behalf of all of your brothers and sisters in Spanish-speaking and bilingual congregations across the United States and Canada who today are also worshiping the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, amen. Hallelujah, what a beautiful day it is and I am so excited to be here with you all to share what, what God has placed on my heart for today. Um, you know, this, this parable, uh, as, as we think of it, it, it is so familiar to many of us. And often we go back to this parable when we think of the hurting, when we think of the need in our world. And I find in this parable a call to live a life with a heart of compassion, move to care for others. And I want to challenge us to look a little further into this this morning and, and take it to the context of our world today and maybe push us a little bit out of our comfort zone. I'm attracted to the Samaritan's willingness in helping this stranger in this parable. This beautiful story centers so, so wonderfully on neighbors. Who is our neighbor today? Who is the beaten man or woman in the road? And how are we called to respond as believers, as the church of Jesus Christ? Could the beaten in the road be the vulnerable of society, the 
immigrants in our country who are suffering persecution and separation, those who are victims of hate crimes and racism, women across the world who are marginalized and not treated as equal even still today, the trafficked children and women and men of our world, and the list goes on and on and on when we think about the vulnerable. There are many ways to identify the beaten in the road, and we as the body of Christ must decide where we are to take a stand and run to the aid of those in need. What's our attitude in dealing with the broken when no one is watching? How do we approach need when we can see it in our peripheral vision, but we know that nobody's watching to see if we run to bring aid or not? Do we just keep walking by or are we aware that it is in the eyes of God that we are to find ourselves as compassionate and loving servants who give of him or herself for the need of others? Jesus concluded his response to the lawyer with an exhortation to do the same as the Samaritan in this story, to care for the neighbor no matter who it is. This is still our call as the church today. This well-known parable provides a timely lesson for the church today. While those who were there listening to Jesus tell this story, there's some aspects that must have provoked question and curiosity. And for those of us listening today, it emphasizes a responsibility and calls for a commitment to action. You see, my brothers and sisters, I serve a God and believe in a God who moves in action, not in intention. You see, I could have the most wonderful intention to buy this beautiful young lady down here who maybe is about college age. Are you about to go into college? Yeah? Amen. Amen. I could have the most amazing intention to, to buy her a brand new car. She's sitting there going, yes. But unless I go through the process of completing a transaction and purchasing and paying for that car and taking those keys and placing them in her hand, it remained a good intention. And my brothers and sisters, the church today moves a lot on intention. Some question of those listening in that moment as Jesus spoke could have possibly been, wow, did they just walk right past that broken, beaten person who was possibly dying in the road? Hmm. Why would the, the ones set apart, ordained and called to serve others in a priestly role, neglect their responsibility when no one is looking? They may have asked, can we trust them? What else do they do when no one is watching? What if you would have been there? What questions would have come to your mind as you were listening to Jesus tell this story? I might have been a little angry to hear that they walked by without doing anything. I might have questioned how the ones who were responsible for, for processing the sacrifices and the ones called to go before God on my behalf could act in this way. This could have become the case of the one who becomes all because 
saying goes that it only takes one to do something questionable to bring all into question. And so this might have caused for people to question all of the priests and Levites. Are they all like this? The Samaritan was the unexpected surprise in this parable. Not only did he bandage and tend to his wounds, he ensured to take him to safety, removing him from any further danger. He paid the innkeeper to watch over him as he had commitments to tend to and offered to repay anything that he may have spent over what he left him. And I want to pause a minute to say something about this. You see, often we choose not to help others in need because it messes with our routine and our schedule, because it doesn't fit in what we're trying to get done. Often we think, I'm already doing enough. Why should I have to be inconvenienced to go help these people? You see, the Samaritan didn't halt everything. He didn't stop with his responsibilities and commitments. He was just willing to be inconvenienced enough and stop for the time necessary to help another. Wow. This helps us to understand that while we are caring for others, we're not expected to stop everything. We're not expected to stop caring for ourselves and neglect our responsibilities. We just need to figure it out a little bit and be inconvenienced. It may be adding one more thing to your day. It may be shifting your schedule. It may be checking the priorities to see if there's something that maybe isn't as urgent that can be moved. We must understand that there are multifacets to the work we are called to as leaders within the ministry of Jesus, as members of the body of Christ, as followers of Jesus. Often we must delegate to others the care of some. We must find people in our midst in the body who can help, like the innkeeper. While we continue with our day-to-day -day life and the ministry that God has called us to. Because you may have one that is called pastor. You may have others who are called elders. You may have some who are called deacons and ministers. But we are all ministers in the body of Christ. There's a sacrifice to pay, and as one's called to care for and love our neighbors, we must be willing to give of ourselves and often of our resources to do so. Back on track, I want you to think about a moment. I want to invite you to, to take a pause and think about a time when you saw someone hurting and in need. Maybe it wasn't from a physical beating like the man in this story, but the wounds were fresh and evident. Maybe it was someone going through divorce. Maybe it was someone who survived a suicide attempt. Maybe it was a family member who was going through a mental illness crisis. It could also be the person who serves your coffee once a week or every day for my fellow Starbucks addicts. That person who gave you that practiced smile, but you could feel the pain behind it. 
What are the emotions that are evoked when you think about this? And how did it feel when you saw the pain? Maybe you felt empathy. Or your emotions took over. Was there a sensation in your gut that was calling you to something? As followers of Jesus, believers called to be the light and salt in this world, how are we to respond? Shall we take on the role of the priest and the Levite in this parable and only react when others are watching? Or react when it's convenient or when it's someone under our direct care or in direct relationship with us, someone that you identify with or connect to. Scripture tells us in Matthew 6, 3, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Or should we be living into life this life that Jesus calls us to live, loving our neighbors always, especially when it is not convenient and when it is least comfortable. Jesus spoke this parable and intentionally used the word neighbor, which ties to the law of Moses and regarded how the people of Israel treated each other. You see, this is important for us. It was not about looking beyond one's own people, but rather how they related and cared for each other. You see, but Jesus, who was a movement leader, who was always challenging, who was looking to bring a shift, challenged this system by using a Samaritan in this parable. This was not only an outsider, but one who was at tension with the Jews and not highly considered by them. Those listening, they would have understood this context and the surprise at the end to hear this was even more powerful because of this. You see, Jesus was opening eyes and hearts to a new reality of neighbor, one that challenged those around him to step out of their comfort zone in the same way that we have been reading this parable for 2,000 years and continue to fall short. Jesus continues to challenge the systems and he calls upon believers today to be the hands and feet of justice, to be the voice of equality, and to be the resource of love and compassion for the beaten, the broken, the marginalized, the left behind, and the left out in our society. The real question to answer is, will we have the resources necessary to bandage the wounds of our hurting and fragmented world today? Jesus understood the human nature of those who came to walk alongside and disciple him, disciple with him, listening to them question position and question status, self-justifying and making excuses for themselves at every turn to save face. You see, this is no different today. The desire to succeed, to climb the ladder, to self-preserve and to be part of the crowd, to be liked and accepted, all perpetuate a selfish society not willing to give up of self, of your own comfort, to help another in need. The answer is no, we are not called to take on the role of the priest and the Levite but we must intentionally take on the role of a new and innovative type of Samaritan. 
While this may lead some to question, what does this mean for the church if we're not to be the, the priest and the Levite? Maybe we should not be asking that question, but we should be asking if Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, his life, death, and resurrection was about creating a replacement religious and political system for the one he was challenging, the one that thrived on division and classisms and power and privilege. Or was he truly teaching and training up a world of people that could truly love and care for one another as he did and does? I want to close by narrating a modern-day version of this parable, for the words of Jesus are not so far removed from our struggles and our context in the world today. And so it goes. The crowd had been hanging with Jesus all weekend. They listened to him speak prophetic words and words of compassion and teach about justice as they marched, protested, and more for immigrant and refugee rights. There was one who had been there the whole time who could just not stand how others looked up to Jesus and hinged on his every word. So he plotted to shame him. He asked him a question in front of everyone to test him and hopefully expose that he wasn't all as great as they thought he was. Hey, Mr. High and Mighty, uh, your royal majesty, what about this internal life and how can I get some? Jesus, seeing through his intentions with wisdom, says, well, you're the lawyer. How do you interpret this in the law? By loving God and loving my neighbor, Jesus answered, you got it. Now just do it. Not satisfied because he had not been able to ridicule Jesus, he kept pushing. Well, who do you consider neighbor to be? Because I'm good to my family and friends and the people who live next door to me say hello every morning. Jesus said, let me tell you a story. There was a man, possibly homeless, maybe an undocumented immigrant. His skin was brown and he might not have spoken English very well as on the ground next to him was a sign in broken English words. He was on the side of the road and he looked to be in pretty bad shape. He smelled a bit and was very bloody and by the looks of it might have been suffering from heat stroke. A prominent well-known pastor was driving down the road and seeing the man move to the other lane, not considering for even a minute the idea of stopping or calling 911 as he was late for a meeting with the elders. A few minutes later, a city councilman was out for a jog and he encountered this man along the path. When he saw him from afar, he crossed the road at the stoplight so not to interrupt his run because he had limited time before a meeting. Just a while later, a man on his bike, on his way home from his housekeeping shift at a local hotel, saw something from afar and hurried as he pedaled to cross the road, riding to get a closer look. When he saw that it was someone suffering and that needed help, he jumped off his bike and ran with water in hand for the man on the ground. 
This individual, who was an undocumented immigrant, called 911 when he realized the man was severely ill and waited with him for them to arrive. He risked his own livelihood as the police arrived on the scene and questioned him, and they could have taken him into custody and turned him over to ICE. He might not have gone home to his family that day. He gave his phone number to this man and said that when he got out, if he didn't have a place to eat, didn't have a place to sleep, that he could come to his house and eat with his family. He gave him some money to make sure he could call and find transportation, and then he stopped everything to pray for him while he was loaded into the ambulance. Now Jesus turned and asked this lawyer, so who do you think treated this man as neighbor? Well, the last one, I guess, he treated him with compassion. Jesus said, Yes. 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 Now go do the same. This, my brothers and sisters, could easily be a story of any one of your neighbors today. This could happen in your community today. This happens in my community every day. And so, how will we treat our neighbor? The reality is that our world is fragmented and broken. It is my prayer that as ones who declare to be followers of Jesus Christ, that we may take on the role of neighbor for all. That we may be risk takers, that we may jump when need arises, not only when it is convenient, not only when others are watching, but truly from the call to share the love of Jesus with all. We bandage the hurting by stopping our own lives for the time necessary to be present to the lives, to the pain and the hurt of others. After all, Jesus did say, no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Friends, our friends are those who are like you and different from you. Those you like and well, those you really don't care for. Those who like you and well, those who don't. Those who look like you and those who look very different, those who share your beliefs and ways of, of worship and tradition and those who do it differently or may disagree. Those and these are all our friends, are our neighbors. So no matter what language we speak, what color our skin is, how we worship, what we believe, how we identify ourselves, we are all created in the likeness and image of the creator of all things. And we are called to share the love of Jesus with all around us. In your everyday life, you encounter people broken, beaten, and robbed of dignity, respect, equality, and more. 
Won't you, my brothers and sisters, be a new kind of good Samaritan in the world and share the love of Jesus with all? Word of God for the people of God. Amen.